Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Elitza literally says, please keep lover A busy while I'm with lover B. <laughs> she, she talks her way out of it. I, I, you were saying you once broke up with someone in much the same way. <laughs> yeah, well, when you asked me, do, do I have any you know, similar characteristics to Lady Susan in the way I handle men? You know, in my, in my dark days when I would just lie without thinking about it, I totally pulled the same thing. It's nearly the number of the beast. It's episode 66. Hello, film fans. Today we are joined in the studio by guest Sarah May. Hello. Ruby. Hi. And as always, my co-host, Kobe. Hello. And we are going to be reviewing the film Love and Friendship. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Remember, please visit us online at flixwatcher.tv. Come to our Twitter account at flixwatcherpod. And please go to iTunes, subscribe and review. All films featured in the podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. And please be aware there will be spoilers and some language that may offend. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today our guests are Ruby and Sarah May. Before we get on to the film that we're reviewing today, if you'd like to say hello to our listeners and tell us a little bit about the podcast that you work on together. Well, um, the podcast is called The Sugar Baby Confessionals and it's all about my very dear friend Ruby and her exploration into the world of being a sugar baby. And what is a sugar baby? A sugar baby is someone who accepts money or gifts or a certain type of lifestyle for spending time with uh, another person. So yes, that obviously very often includes being sexually intimate, but not always. And um, yeah, that's a sugar baby. Have you ever had anyone a bit confused and gone, oh, you're in the sugar babes? <laughs> uh, no, I think I don't think the sugar babes were as big in the US as they were here. Yeah, so I have to be honest with you, I don't even know who that is. Ruby was looking at us like <laughs> I, did, I, I don't even know. know. <laughs> Ruby was like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> I do get what is the difference between a sugar baby and a and a prostitute a lot, and the difference is that with a sugar baby and a sugar daddy, there's a relationship mm. between them and their client rather than just a kind of one-off thing. One-off right. thing. So that's that's the predominant factor um, that makes a difference. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, I've had people recoil from me in horror just by hearing the premise of the podcast, which is very interesting, I think, and uh, probably says more about them. Yeah. Well, you've also had a few people come up to you and say, I've listened to episodes and I find it so interesting. It's given me some ideas to try something with my partner. You know, it's given me the kind of uh, permission almost to know that there are people out there doing this and, you know, let's give it a whirl. So completely. That's, that's awesome. Most, most people who have actually listened to the podcast are very <laughs> positive about it because once you listen, you realize it's not just about, it's not about, ooh, it's so nice to be a sugar baby. That's not what we... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's about friendship, modern love, fidelity, 
what does that all of that mean in this modern age? Honesty, power, feminism. I mean, it really goes into some very interesting topics. So, and I, I have to completely give all the kudos to you for that because I'm simply <laughs> answering your questions, um, and you do a fantastic job of threading together this beautiful narrative about the random anecdotes of my life. So, thank you for that. <laughs> well, today we're talking about love and friendship, which obviously ties in with what you guys have been talking about, your friendship and the love. Yes. It's a horrible segue. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> no, <that's laughs> that was no, actually a fantastic yes. segue. Yeah. No, I was just was a, nodding sorry, away. A cheesy, going... a cheesy segue. <laughs> but who doesn't love cheese, really? Yeah, come on. I mean, if, you, if you're not a lover vegans. of cheese, you're a su suspicious yeah, person. Vegans, suspicious so. of cheese. Um, so... Ruby, you chose yes. this. Yes, I did. Why did you choose Love and Friendship? And tell us, can you give us a, a succinct synopsis? Absolutely. Um, so I chose this film. Uh, I had actually never seen it before, choosing it to watch for your podcast, um, just based on the fact that I really love time period pieces. Um, and I figured that this one would be well done. You know, Kate Beckinsale is typically quite good. And, you know, I knew it had Stephen Fry in it as well. Um and my husband always teases me and says that movies like this are um, ruby porn. Because <laughs> so, he never wants to watch them with me. So when he's working late or on a business trip, I'll kind of overdose on Regency and, you know, like time period films. Um, so to give a quick synopsis of the movie, it's about a character named Lady Susan, who is a widow. She's in, you know, high society. She married very well. But unfortunately, she doesn't have any money anymore now that her husband has passed away. Uh, she has one daughter who is, I don't know, in her late teens, I suppose. Yeah. And they are living on the generosity of their family, just going from house to house. Now, Lady Susan happens to have quite the reputation. Uh, she's quite saucy, speaks her mind. Um, so her reputation definitely does precede her. But everyone, everyone likes her for it as well, isn't the notes? They do and they don't. Okay. That's the interesting part of the movie, yeah. Um, so it's about, essentially the movie is about her and how she manipulates the people around her to create a secure future for herself and her daughter. Nice. Um, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm prone to hyperbole, as I said before um i love i really enjoyed this i'm i'm a huge austin fan season two of fable Gaze is dealing with a, a regency the queen of regency romance hair georgia hair um and stephen fry actually interviewed him for that um season and uh so i adore him it, it takes again it takes a lot of the same boxes as it takes for ruby so it's a very underutilized bit of Austin's back catalog, if you will. It's part of her juvenilia, which she wrote when she was really young and sort of unformed. And I think you can see that because it's a lot more naughty and saucy and subversive than, uh, I mean, I think her later works were, were subversive in a very much subtler way, shall we say. Um, well, this, we, should, we should say it's based, it's not, it's based on a book called Lady, Lady Susan. Lady Susan, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Sorry, not, written not by Jane Austen, yeah. yes, that's yes. right. Thank you for contextualizing my rambling. <laughs> that's what, that's what I ramble. live for. I love it. <laughs> um, and I, I really, I, th I mean, I personally thought that it's one of Kate Beckinsale's absolute high points. I thought she was poised, charming, 
so good at delivering these devastating bon, bon mots. I don't know how you say that in a nice French way. Don't know what it means. Like it. Boumou. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've read it, but I can't say it. Um, and uh, it's it's just this rollicking ride of like what happens with this woman who just cannot. Sometimes just for sheer enjoyment, she just messes with people. Like she punishes people she feels that have done her wrong. Um, she runs rings around everybody else in the film. And you can either see her as like a villain or you can see her as a, a, a sort of proto-feminist type of person who's just out to sort herself out and have fun while she's doing it. I liked this film and I thought that the acting from all of the supporting cast was fantastic. I have to say I was really disappointed in Kate Beckinsale um, I thought that her delivery of Lady Susan was a little bit on the flat side. And of course, because she's the centerpiece of the entire work, mm. uh, it, 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 it really detracted for me. Who might you have liked to have seen play her instead? I think Kate Winslet. I think Kate well, Winslet would have pulled it off better. Kate Winslet now or Kate Winslet a little bit younger? Does uh, it really matter? You know what? Either one. No, I, 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 mm. I see the difference. Mm. I wouldn't have minded either one. Actually, maybe now, because being a little bit older and having that daughter who's in her late teens, it just would have felt a bit more natural. Yeah. Um, Plus, it's the, the, one of the points of the film is that she is an older woman. At one stage, she's talking to Chloe Savigny. Savigny. <laughs> I know. I don't know how to say her name either. <laughs> yeah. And she's such an amazing actress. I love that. And she that actually woman. says, you know, Chloe. Chloe Savigny. Chloe says. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe S. Something says. along the some, something along the lines of, you know, don't you find it difficult to be around your daughter too, who's sort of younger and more, you know, she's a bit younger than you. And she says, no, don't you know that it's women, us women of decision that hold all the trumps? Mm. And she means that they're the ones who are the most switched on. They're the ones who are the most in control. And it certainly is true in this film and these char- this set of characters. Mm-hmm. She She's a master, masterful display of manipulation, whether you... Yeah, I mean, she she knows Car- Lady Susan understands other people so well that she actually reminds me a little bit of Iago, the character of Iago from Shakespeare's Othello. You know, just that, that a fantastic understanding of human nature and then choosing to manipulate and twist a situation to your own ends. Mm. Uh, so that's that's dear old Lady Susan. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating from our perspective in particular because I was wondering, I sort of asked Ruby if she thought there were similarities between you and, and Lady Susan and, and some of your dealings with, you know, the sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you, were, you were kind of quite quick to say no. Well, I said, I said yes and no, actually, because um, I, I'd like to think that I have a fairly good understanding of human nature as well. I feel like I rely a lot on my um, ability to size a person up quickly and decide if they're good, bad or indifferent. Um, but what you do, the question, the real question is, what do you do with that information? And uh, Lady Susan chooses to manipulate and lie and cheat to get her way. And um, I very consciously try not to do that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't like to think of myself as an evil genius. You know? So with Kate Beckinsale, I thought that I thought she played it quite well because I don't think um, she was very much the straight person in this. The, the Everything kind of revolved around her agency. But I don't think if she had had the kind of comic chops that the other characters did have, I think that might have been for me a bit overkill. 
Um, but also, I really did like. Um, I don't know what I was Tom Bennett. Say. Well, Tom Bennett. Well, here's here's, here's the Bennett. out and out. Here's the out and out like comic yeah. star from it. That's the Sir James Martin yes, character, James Martin right? Character, oh yeah. my gosh, he's so funny. He more or less be almost steals the whole thing, even though he's got like probably no more than like six minutes or mm. something on screen time. Um, but he was fantastic. There's there's just a scene where where you in, he, you're introduced to him and he's this, this he's complete no, no, when he comes in the church hill. hill and he's he's just introduces this utter buffoon. He comes in going, he hasn't been invited. <laughs> he's just rocked up. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Churchill. You, one word. I thought it was Church and Hill. And you just kind of go, how he sells it. And he comes across, instead of being annoying, he's really like endearing and kind of lovable. Yeah. But uh, not to Frederica, who, he's, who is Lady Susan's daughter, who he's trying to marry. Which is a terrible, terrible name. Frederica. Frederica. I agree with you. I fucking hate that name. Yeah. I was like, geez, if you want like, to do something you hate awful your child? to your child. Yes. Oh my gosh, Call Helen, you and I. Frederica. On a, on a frequency here. Totally agree. <laughs> did, so, she, did she want a son instead? But she didn't get that. I, I think her know. husband's name might have been Frederick or something. Okay. I, I might be. I don't know. Okay. But Lady Susan ends up with Sir James Martin. Well, does she? Indeed. Or does she, in oh. fact, cuckold him with her lover? Oh, a divinely handsome man, as the subtitles tell us. I love the subtitles. It was like, Wes Anderson movie crossed with dangerous liaisons or something. <laughs> I, I really liked all those touches. It was quite stylized in that way, I felt. Mm. It was quite a, like a mannered comedy. and It did kind of set the scene from the start about how this is going to play out. Yeah. Because I'm not a Jane Austenophile, particularly not just because I haven't watched that many of her films, really. really. Um, but as soon as this starts, you're in, you know how it's going to play out with um, Lord Mannering's wife. You see her just crying with the kind of um, the vignette around her. And I can't remember what, the, what her what her subtitle is, but you just, like you say, it's a yeah. Wes Anderson thing. The only thing that's not Wes Anderson about it is that it's not 100% Still, yeah. in, the, in the middle of the picture. Formal, yeah. Well, there's lots of things that aren't Wes Anderson about it. I mean, there's one thing that's slightly... <laughs> no, I mean, in, in that introduction with the... Yeah. Yeah. And in the sense that it's quite stylized and everything like that. But yeah, not, not in the sense of being quite that formal acting. Um, yeah, there's some delightful bits and pieces. I, I always like... Um, what's his name? The guy who plays the father, De Courcy. Lord De Courcy. Yeah, so Reginald De Courcy and Lady De Courcy. Uh, Yes, original. And um, so uh, Sarah May's pointing to a picture, guys. Who yep. people are listening to the <laughs> podcast? On, the on, people at home. What his name is? He's he's isn't he in something like the Vicar of Dibley or something? Possibly. Isn't, isn't but his wife that? Gemma Redgrave um, yeah. is awesome. When they yes. first, when you first see them and they're reading yeah. out that letter, that it's is, yeah. that genius. Interaction There's so many them. moments like that. That's my. I think that's my favorite part. Yeah. Apart from when Tom, when uh, Tom Bennett, James, yeah, James Martin, James mm. Martin comes into it. Yeah, that was a lovely moment of, I think there were a lot of really lovely human moments embedded in this kind of quite mannered um, comedy. Mm. Uh, and that was one of them because he wants to read out the letter to his wife who's got weak eyes. And she just is impatient with him because he wants, he just wants to give her the, the gist of it. And she wants to hear the voice of her daughter through her words. And so he like overcompensates by reading out the punctuation as well, <laughs> which I thought was such a typical. <laughs> um, That's but, the kind of thing I do actually just to irritate. <laughs> But yeah, so the intrigue of the whole movie is the fact that uh, Lady Susan, who's living off the kindness of strangers like Blanche Dubois, um, although she's much more in control of things. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the kindness of family, which is a slightly yeah. different dynamic. True, true. Yeah. You're right. 
The reason that I point this out is because I feel like it has an effect on the film, you know, these relationships that she has. They're they're actually her, um, the people that she's staying with are her ex, sorry, not (laughs) ex-husband. They didn't divorce back then, did they? (laughs) No, her her dead husband's brother and, you know, wife and whomever so and the wife is quite suspicious of her mm, from the word go the wife sees right through her yeah but um and she has a young handsome handsome young brother who reginald who um initially and this is a genius bit a lot of genius bits in the film is his name also Re- reginald i thought reginald, reginald is so ah. reginald de Courcy is his dad the yeah the older yeah. man What's his the name father then? Uh, the character's name is, of course, now that you've asked, it's like <laughs> straight yeah. out my mind. And he's one of the main characters. Yeah. So, so Reginald, of course, he sees that Lady Susan might take this young boy under her wing. and um, Well, he's falling for her. And he, he starts off making a snide comment to her when he first meets her. He says, um, you know, your reputation precedes you mm. in quite a supercilious way. And you can just see the cogs turning and she goes... I don't know what you mean. And he's sort of forced to go, well, uh, as an ornament to society. And obviously he meant that there's scandals and, and everything associated with her. And she just totally t- unmans him in that moment. And mm. you see that that's how she's she's going to have the control in the relationship by going, oh, um, you know, I've been living this retired life as a widow, you know, grieving for my husband. And now I've come to see family. You know, uh, I don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. <laughs> and he's, he's totally... From that point on, he's off balance and mm. she keeps him there and she controls all of the, the dynamic. Mm. Even when later on, he sort of, after he's sort of more or less in love with her, her daughter asks him for help because she doesn't want to marry Sir James. And uh, Kate Beckinsale's character, Lady Susan, is trying to force her <laughs> to marry him because he's very wealthy. He's right. dumb, but well, he's... Yeah, I mean, she would be securing their future. Yeah. Yeah. And she can't understand why um, her daughter is not being as pragmatic as she is. You know, she she tries to explain to her that, you know, is she going to be a governess? And I have to admit, Frederica does seem a bit on the the dim side. I can't see her <laughs> becoming a governess as she <laughs> she says she's going to become a governess. Um, so in a sense, I sympathize with her mother because she she is saying, look, it's not great to have to be visitors all the time. Mm. Do you want that to be? Why don't you have a husband and he's kind and he's nice and all this kind of stuff? And that is very much in keeping with the time period and the way they thought. And it's it's similar themes in Jane Austen's other work, you know, yeah. as we know, Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility. Mm. But in this case, the main character, Lady Susan, is so pragmatic about it to the point of, you know, she's almost a sociopath <laughs> in a way. Yeah. yeah, she's quite cold, isn't she? She's very calculating, mm. yeah. and which is fascinating to watch. Um, I mean, I don't think that you have to like her character in order to find her engaging and, you know, Hilarious, interesting yeah. to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way that she treats the woman who is essentially her... Ladies' maid survey. Yeah. <laughs> she says the paying of wages would be offensive to us both. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. There's lots of really funny bits... Like when she's walking in the street and a guy comes up to her and goes, Lady Susan. And she goes, be gone, sir. I'll have you whipped. <laughs> and her friend says, that's outrageous. Do you know that person? She goes, of course I do. I would never talk like that to a stranger. <laughs> There's lots of charming bits like that. Yeah. You know, that, so if you love your sort of Austin dialogue and things, it's very good. But if you if you prefer the romance, you're not really going to get that from this film. So, uh, Stephen Fry, you said Stephen Fry. Oh, yeah, in Stephen Fry. He doesn't play that big a role. It's a very small part. That's yes. my one gripe with the movie. <laughs> not enough Fry. 
Not enough fry. I I love I really adore him and all everything that he is and particularly in these period pieces he's just so good at um, conveying that old world sense of gravitas. Exactly, he has the gravitas for it. Yeah, yeah. But also the comic traps, obviously. Mm. You know, like in the Jeeves and Worcester kind of thing, he was so brilliant, and uh, I think that he brings that kind of uh, sensibility to this sense and sensibility <laughs> to the, <laughs> to this role. Although, I mean, it's tiny. It's really tiny. He's mm. basically just a disapproving husband and I wish he could have had something a little bit more a little bit larger you know um, but I suppose you know they had reasons <laughs> Helen what are your thoughts I mean it kind of ultimately comes down to how much you like period dramas I think do you reckon this. though sorry carry on um, I mean I guess so I mean it's it is very Jane Austen obviously but it's written by her um, and I, I do get the funny bits but also, it is basically like an hour and a half of women trying to find husbands, which is kind of not really the the films that I tend to enjoy. So I don't really watch many period films. And I, I quite like that. Obviously, the way it's played is more of a comedy than, yeah. than being serious. And, you know, it's quite interesting what you're saying about Kate Beckinsale, because let's face it, she's basically just been killing vampires for the last 10 years. So. Yeah. Mm being in this must have been like oh my god I've got a real part to actually play um so I mean she's not amazing in it but I didn't find her particularly offensive I think there's also someone in this who was also in Pride and Prejudice with Zombies which is a film which we talked about reviewed and talked about so I mean there's there's a lot of that kind of acting in there and that kind of so Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was supposed to be uh a horror comedy yeah, this is this is a this is a comedy, Jane Austen. Which one do you think is funnier? Oh, this is way yeah, better. This is... I mean, *Pride and Prejudice* zombies <laughs> is awful. for me is a, is an absolute sacrilege. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> sorry, sacrilege. But it's true for me. I I mean I I'm one of those annoying people who I if there's a book. I get very weird about how they've changed and what changes they made. And this is why this book, in this case, because it was her early work, it was very short. It was written in letter form. I thought they actually did a brilliant job of bringing it to life from the the subject, the original, you know, format. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas with some, you know, sometimes you get a an adaptation and it's not very satisfying um, because there's certain bits or you've pictured a character a certain way or whatever. But um, I thought because this is, hasn't been done to death like a lot of the other Austin things, mm. there was a lot more scope for them to kind of have fun and have a, a light touch, which I think the director, I think his name is Whit Stillman. Um, yeah, nice. he also did um, The Last Days of Disco, which had Kate Beckinsale in it as okay. well. So obviously that's probably why she's in it. Did it not annoy you, though, that they changed the title of the film? Um, yeah, I don't know why. Because yeah, love, hey, love and friendship's not that yeah. exciting a change. It's really not, and actually. it isn't really about friendship. There's no, no. I suppose, I suppose it is in the sense that she can, most of the, the exposition comes from her telling her friend, her American friend, played by Chloe. And that's how you the Basil exposition comes in, but. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, but it's she's so witty with it, and and I enjoyed it so much. And I thought I just I'm a sucker. If you, it's I think it's like you're saying, Helen. If you're a sucker for the gorgeous costumes and the beautiful yeah. stately homes, and yeah, 
the which um, I, I really am. But I, I mean, I take your point, Helen. Watching a movie with a you know about two hours long, and it's just a bunch of women looking to find the man who's going to take care of them. Um, if it's not handled in a deft way, it can feel really dated and awful. And I'm not talking dated in the sense that they wear funky clothes from a long time ago. It it feels very not modern and relatable for for women you know, who are living now. Um, but I feel like Lady Susan is an interesting enough character that uh, just the fact that she's so devious. Well, I also think, it, uh, unlike some of the other period things, it, it's a lot less dated in its outlook because she is someone who goes for what she wants. She's a mm. woman who has agency power. She doesn't really, although she does talk about the fact that she, you know, she she's forced to accept the hospitality from her family and, and friends. She She's very much in control of most of the people around her and you get the sense she ends up, the final scene, the thing is she marries the dummy and cuckolds him with her lover, Mannering, who ends up living with them, <laughs> which is another hilarious Tom Bennett moment because he's so chuffed that he's got a mate to go hunting with. Yeah, we can go hunting, and it's, it's great, great to have someone play billiards with. And, <laughs> and you're just thinking, and, and she tells him she's pregnant, like yeah. literally Lit the second after he's proposed, which is quite amusing. And he's so, you know, he kind of just assumes it's because he's, you know, so virile, so potent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what did you think of Chloe? I thought she was fantastic. I, I, as I mean, I can never pronounce her surname either, so that's a bit of a bummer. But I mean, she's a really great actress. I've seen her in a number of different things, and she's always great. Um, and I thought the way she played the friend, completely non-judgmental, listening to everything that Lady Susan has to tell her, like me. And on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's you're so right. Look at that. <laughs> Do you think someone like Lady Susan needs a Chloe character yeah. to oh, have yeah. that? Yeah, I think that's part of the enjoyment of all her little intrigues. I think it's the, to have the person to whom who can really appreciate her genius. And in fact, I think she keeps she keeps saying that her her the, the greatest idea of a lover is someone who just accepts everything that she does without question, because she and her wisdom is doing it. And I think that that's the role that uh, actually her female friend plays for her. Um, I'm not sure I fully agree with that just because remember there is that scene where her friend um, calls her out on something oh, yeah. and says, you know, actually, shouldn't you be marrying this guy? Yeah. Because like, look at your situation and you're you're being a bit crazy here and... Uh, so she, I think that she's a true friend. She listens to everything. She supports her with non-judgment. But then when she feels like Lady Susan is going astray, she calls her on it, which is what a real friend is supposed to do. So I don't think that it's simply that, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a succinct way of putting it, that, that kind of unquestioning, like blind acceptance of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, she obviously has her own um, perspective and viewpoints that she's, very willing to share with uh, the Kate Beckinsale character. Yeah, no, totally. And it is, I mean, it, it is very amusing. And she helps her. She aids and abets her in all her little intrigues. Is a, I mean, there's a masterful bit of manipulation that Lady Susan does where she essentially gets caught out by the young de Courcy. So they are both called Reginald. See, oh, they I are. was right, oh, man. Sorry. I knew it, dude. <laughs> I knew it, man. No. And so he's it's the scene where she's, she wants to meet her lover Mannering, but she's got him, de Corsi on a string 
and he's in town and he's kind of mucking up her little liaison. So she tells, she sends him, with, this is how cheeky she is. Yeah. She sends him with a note Genius. to Chloe. It's a, um, addressed solely for her. Private, addressed private. Mm -hmm. That's And she says to him, can you please give this into her hands? I need to. And he, he arrives and the wife of Lord Mannering has, has arrived because she's the ward of Chloe's husband. And uh, she, he is literally, she comes in, she's like, where's my husband? He's with your, he's with Lady Susan. And he's going, you're, you're wrong, madam. I was just with her and she was completely alone. And she snatches the letter away and mm. she reads it. And the letter literally says, please keep, this lover A busy while I'm with lover B. <laughs> and um, she she talks her way out of it. I, I, you were saying you once broke up with someone in much the same way. <laughs> yeah, well, when you asked me, do do I have any um, you know, similar characteristics to Lady Susan in the way I handle men? You know, in my, in my dark days when I would just lie without thinking about it, I totally pulled the same thing. So when you have somebody who uh, is very attached to you and comes angry and hurt and full of emotion and they're accusing you of something, the best thing to do is to deny it, take a step back, say, how could you treat me this way? If there's no trust between us, I can't be with you. And you essentially just turn it around. On, and it, I'm telling you, it works like a charm. It's, <laughs> it's shocking. Um, and I feel really evil that I once did that to somebody. But uh, shuch, I mean, he was crawling back within five seconds. So, I mean, Lady Susan has men pegged. Yeah, well, for she... For show. For certain types of men? Yeah, so I guess a few types uh, of men. Honestly, you had, you had the, the super dummy, you had the young yeah, kid upstart, true. and you had the the soon to be the suitor who never says yeah. a word. Lord Mannering, uh, he's just described not? as a divinely handsome man. And yeah, does he doesn't not. have a line in the movie. That's true. I he thought at smolders. the very end when you see them at um, the young Reginald wedding. and Frederica's wedding, he's obviously there as well. And I thought he would have a line then, but no, he just he's just the wordless. Standing Divine, there looking handsome. Divinely Smoldering. handsome. He just smolders. That's his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think, exactly. I think maybe time to head to the scores, guys. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So these are our special, 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 special scores. Um, they're all out of five and you can have decimal places. You can have a zero, but we don't allow minuses. And the first up is the recommendability, which is a word. Yep. Word. Um, score and uh, we'll start with you Ruby because okay. you picked this film recommendability so out of five stars I'm going to give this a 4.2 I, I enjoyed it well enough to give it a nice hefty chunk of star so what what would be a five so in terms of Ooh, well gosh so many different genres do, if, do the period a period one that you love a period one that, that you would give five to. I'm so sorry. My mind is a blank. Sorry. The first movie that came into my mind, which is, of course, completely different than this movie, but I think it's one of the closest to perfect films ever made, is No Country for Old Men. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice. That I would give like five plus, 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 you know. I saw it in the movie theater three times when wow. it came out. That's how amazing I thought that film was. So... And yeah. would you would you recommend that to everyone? Because that's got some dark. I was going to say overtones. That's just dark. It's very dark. Well, I'm not sure if you've read the actual like the the book or or anything from Cormac McCarthy. So that movie is based on a book by the the same title, 
by an, arth- uh, an author, Arthur, um, an author named Cormac McCarthy, mm. who is exceptionally dark. Yeah, he wrote He's, The Road, didn't he? He well? wrote The Road, yeah. yes, which was also turned into a film with Viggo Mortensen. Um, he wrote, um, oh gosh, Blood Meridian. That was one that was written back in the 80s, which is just basically nails on a chalkboard for like 200 pages. It is just, <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, I love him. I love the movie. Um, so I would recommend it to anybody, even my grandmother. I was like, yeah, Nana, you got to watch this. And she's so, like, are you sure? Is this the Xavier Bardem one where he kills people mm. with, a, with a bolt gun? Yeah. 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 With, with the cat, it's like a cattle, it's supposed yeah. to kill cattle. I, yeah. think. I don't remember exactly it's what just it's like, called. But just please be quiet. Just, just stand still. I wouldn't recommend that to my grandmother. But it's, it's a great film. <laughs> my grandmother's a little weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sarah May. Um, recommendability, I would say, yeah, 4.5. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm, but I, again, I, I am a sucker for Austin and period, good period, particularly Austin things. Yeah. And I, I find it very satisfying to listen to the dialogue, to look at the gorgeous costumes. So and, do you think as a, as an Austinophile, mm-hmm. um, does this play really well to your your leanings? Because it's from my point of view, I, 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 like I said, I've only ever watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and now this as a Jane Austen <laughs> based film. Um, is this is this because it's such a comedy? Is that is that really good for you? Or is that like taken away from the the, the original literature? Well, I find a lot of her stuff has a lot of comedic moments. Okay, so this is just me being ignorant. <laughs> um, not at all. Not at all, Kobe. <laughs> Um, but I do think go home right now and read Pride and Prejudice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to call you and I'm going to be like, have you read Pride and Prejudice? Have you read Pride? Anyway, no, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the humor, it's more, it's more subversive. If you want your Jane Austen, but with an extra dollop of subversion of sex, of, uh, you know, machinations, it's much less subtle and nuanced than than her other ones and it's less romantic i am a i'm a bit of a softy romantic so there was a part of me that was a bit like oh you know it it kind of hurts that she's being so sort of um cavalier with everybody's emotions but it has a nice happy ending and because of the stylized way it's done it's not like devastating it's not like you know someone dies at the end or anything i would say that if you're someone who enjoys austin and you want something fresh Fresher than say the ne- the the latest Sense and Sensibility adaptation or Pride and Prejudice, which we've all seen a lot. In fact, there's a new version scheduled. Why do they really? keep doing yeah. it? Oh my gosh! Because it's bloody amazing. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book is fantastic, but how many times do we have to see it on screen? Really? Well, I do think that the seminal version with Colin Firth and um, it's you know why? Well, the miniseries. Yeah, the mi- miniseries does d- has has room to breathe and encapsulate everything that the book has. So that is my. I often feel like bo- the books don't get done justice, really. But I love Sense and Sensibility with Emma Thompson. Thompson. Um, so yeah, I would say that uh, if you're looking and Kate for- Winslet, right? And mm-hmm. she's in that. Kate ah, Winslet, yeah. Yeah. Oh, making connections. <laughs> yeah. So so if that's what you're looking for, some some Austin, a freshly, a fresh perspective on Austin, then this is a good film to watch. Helen, um, I mean, I like the fact that this is the first time that this has been adapted as a film, and I do I did like a lot of some of the the funnier moments, but just as a whole, it's just not really. 
my thing. So Are you a Jane Austenophile or phobe? Um, I mean everyone has to study her for A level, GCSE, etc. So I, I think for the time that she was writing is brilliant because it's really clever, it's really funny. But it, it is kind of basically trying to find a husband or kind of going against your family and like, I want to make a person of myself and not do that, but eventually then actually finding a husband. Um, so, I mean, as the subject, I'm not really interested that much. Um, you mean in Jane Austen generally or this film? The, I'm, not really, I'm not really into the period kind of, I don't sort of watch them and go, oh my God, the dresses are amazing and really love everything about them. Then just not really something... I would choose to watch. Mm. Um, but yeah, there are some funny moments in it. Um, three. Uh, I'm going to go for a 4.1, I think, here. Um, as stated, at the night, I'm not a Jane Austen fan. I, wouldn't, I will never watch the, the short miniseries because I'm just not bothered. Um, <laughs> but to have a one and a half hour version, I was ready to give it a go. And this, when this came out, I lot of film critics i like said this is one of their surprising favorite films of the year and mm. how funny it was and it was just like is it really and for me it really it really was and i think a lot of people will maybe have to kick people over the hill a bit and say look i know it's jane austen but just give it a go um and once you get them over the hill there's nothing what really are those weirdos people, people like myself it's <laughs> <laughs> called me a weirdo to my face um yeah so 4.1 Repeat. Wow, that's yeah. pretty high. Pretty yeah. high. Hmm. Finally, you guys are coming around to my... <laughs> <laughs> repeat viewing score, Ruby. Repeat viewing. Um, I would give this... I would give it a four. Okay. I'll definitely watch this. One again. and a half hours is good time. One, just a bit over one and a half hours. It is that length. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It didn't feel too long to me. It didn't feel like it was dragging. So I, how, I felt like it had a good pace. How big is the source material? Is it... Uh, it's not It's not long. I think it's... Uh, I can't, don't know how many... Uh, you put me on the spot here. In comparison to her other novels, it's pretty short. In comparison to her other novels, it's pretty short, I think. It's very short, yeah. It's more like a novella. Mm. You know, I mean, she wrote it when she was a, in a notebook when she was sort of late teens or something. So I think it was just meant for family to entertain a family. So I think she had more license to to take more risks with the comedy as well. Then she obviously she was much more careful about and subtle in her later works that were obviously for publication. So um, I wonder if she'd be horrified that someone had rooted around in her old notebooks and and put it on screen and you know published it or she'd be quite delighted with this representation mm. of it i don't know so repeat viewing Good question Re repeat viewing um yeah so i think i gave it a four okay right yeah sorry i did not that's okay my ears. So this is the first time you'd seen it this is the first time i've seen it and i could definitely see myself watching it again very happily um you know ruby porn where, where does it where does it rank on the ruby porn well, shelf i think um to have the flip side to you helen um i do really enjoy seeing a time period piece for the clothing and the way just life was situated i feel like it's this little um i don't know microcosm yeah it's like like an interesting step back in time which i just there's something about it that makes it feel a little bit magical to me um so i really enjoy 
watching, especially the Regency era. There's just something so feminine and soft about it that I really like. Does this feel as sumptuous as Mm -hmm. the other adaptations? I think if maybe slightly more so. And I think they're, they're kind of, it just in the sense of, I thought that the costumes were particularly lavish and the coiffeurs. I keep trying to say French words, which I blatantly <laughs> can't pronounce. They're, you're talking, they're hair. They're hair. <laughs> yeah. But they, I, I feel like it's too plain to say hair because they're so elaborate. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. And, yeah, the uh, hair was huge. I mean, what, it was basically like Jersey Shore hair, but Regency style. <laughs> <laughs> what time would you need to have got up in the morning oh, to God. Like, do that and be ready? I by? have no idea. There's Although no, you would have a maid servant to do yeah. it for you. Yeah. so Several. There was one point where a little boy spilled some jam on her skirt and I was just like, oh God, who's going to clean that jam? <laughs> who's going to clean And of course it was her <laughs> friend, Mrs. Collins. Oh, who- don't worry. My friend will get this out. No problem. <laughs> but I just, but the real me was thinking there's, there's like seven layers of cloth that have to be yeah. like removed and all those uh, corsets and things like that. But yeah, that's, that's why you watch it, you know. It's the sort of the strictures of the life. There's more boundaries um, to everything. And so there's more obstacles between people who want to get together, for example, or who want to share a, you know, intimate moment. moment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really enjoyed about Lady Susan was how she was very sexual and mm. like just owned, like if she wanted Lord Mannering, she was going to have him one mm. way or another. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. It's like, who cares if you yeah, live in that time up- in that place? Like, go out and get what you want. Setting up assignations right, left, and center. Mm. What's an assignation? A meeting. <laughs> a fancy meeting. That's actually an English word. That one's it's not probably, French. It's probably, yeah, you've, got some, you've got some interesting vocabulary here. I'm some sorry. of which you can say. I think it's because I'm in the zone of the film now, you know. Um, <laughs> which that was say. a zing. God, did you miss that? That no, was I got really it, funny. I got it. Oh, oh <laughs> cut that together. Cut that to right after you said it. <laughs> Um, repeat viewing score for yourself. Well, I guess you know. I've seen it. I think I've seen it about three or four times now. Oh, I keep, really? I keep oh, showing right. it to people. It's like a good film to be. Again, I, I you know, so I'd say like, mm, yeah, I guess I've got to say like 4.5 or something. I mean, if you've seen anything more than about three times, it can only be like a four, really. Yeah. Mm. I am. I watch. I probably watch things too many times. So like, <laughs> I love cinema and film and, and, uh, TV now because it's the golden age of TV. So mm. I don't know where I find the time. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. That's a comedy, and I would give that a five. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally random. I know, but you asked me earlier for recommendability. For recommendability, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to think of a comedy. Yeah. So that's there's another Coen Brothers film. You could tell I'm slightly obsessed with them, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, at least it's a comedy. Sure. Yeah, it was a great film. Uh, repeat viewing, Helen. Yeah, not not particularly high for me. Um, yeah, I mean, one. I'm not. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again. So, and, so what is a movie that you would watch over and over? What's a five for you? Well, I'm curious. See, I, but, but, because we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. I don't really get much time to do a lot of rewatching because obviously we have to watch a fair amount of films and mm-hmm. quite a lot of them we haven't seen before. But in an ideal world. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess. Anything like Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, mm. Aliens, just because when TV used to be viewed normally, if they were on 
and I w- was near a TV. You'd make sure you're there. Like, well, why would I not watch it? You'd have the radio time. You'd know a week in yeah. advance. Yeah, I'd be like be on. on the Sunday reading through. Oh, oh, Aliens is on tonight at ten o'clock. I'll kind of stick that on. Great, Aliens. Um, but now, if I want to watch Aliens, then I have to remember that the DVD of it is at home, and I don't really have a DVD player anymore. So I have a look on Netflix, and it's not on there try and find it on film four and it's not there. And then the interest in watching aliens is gone. Mm. So it's, it's kind of a little, little bit different in the way of viewing. So I went through a phase where I was watching fight club of about once a week for like a few months, just for fun because I could. Cause why but, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, fight it's club. a good one. Yeah. It's, no, it's awesome. And then obviously things like ET, which I see, I probably see once a year, but again, probably not in a while because I don't have the TV there with a channel where I can go it's it's kind of there yeah but I guess if technology was taken out of that loop if someone said here's the DVD or mm. here's the it's available on Netflix forever for you <laughs> would you still watch it loads of times or would you still just go I've got other things to watch which I haven't seen yet probably be like oh i've got other films that i need to watch yeah because i think that's the biggest block isn't it because yeah. now there's, there's so, so much there's so many there. films mm. out there and i mean obviously aliens is a that's one thing five I, need to, I think i need to watch it more. i've only seen that once in that age oh ago. wow no you definitely yeah. have to watch that one that, that ruby's eyes went as large as like <laughs> flying <laughs> like, saucer <what>? <laughs> and Sorry. also fight club is one i've only seen yeah. once which we've discussed yeah. and that's on netflix yeah, and I mean, it I, was d- on Netflix I probably don't need to see Terminator 2 any more times, but <laughs> each time I do, I, I do yeah. still enjoy that. But um, yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a two and a half. I've seen it, I saw it twice. This is the second time I've seen it, actually. Um, so, You've seen it before? Yeah, because I saw it when it first came on Netflix, because like I said, I know a lot mm. of um, critics and people said it's a really good film, and I didn't catch it at the cinema. Mm. Uh, we'll get to the small screen score next. Um, and I thought it a lot of people said it was really good. It surprised me. I was intrigued. It was on Netflix. I had some time to kill. We watched it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but I didn't think I was going to watch it again. Um, but, I, you know, I, watched, I enjoyed it again, but probably still going to be lower in my repeat viewing mm. scale. Mm-hmm. I think there's other things I'd much rather watch again. But, the, I mean, seeing Tom Bennett again was an absolute delight. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, so that was genius. And also the original, um, the letter had me in stitches yeah. again. It's something you don't see that much in that, in that kind of film. It had reading out the text yes alongside it and yeah it's good and they they did bits of letters and things so you could see the old-fashioned writing and stuff and i i just really thought those were nice touches and the nice harpsichord mm. music mm. plinking along as well a small screen score ruby uh small screen score i'll give it a five i think it's perfect for watching on netflix actually yeah there's yeah no big action scenes that you need to have some huge surround sound and a big screen for so fiver <laughs> yeah i saw it on at the cinema actually um and again on the screen and i, I don't think you need to see it on the big screen again um it depends on how up close and personal you want to get to the you know details on their gowns and whatever lady susan's lady bits <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so um no i think as well same sort of 4.8 helen um a five i mean it's a kind of perfect netflix find really if you mm. missed it at the cinema and you're an, an austin completist or you like this kind of thing kind yeah. of a sunday afternoon film 
you think when your when your tummy is like full of yeah. roast, you know, <laughs> or whisper and Easter egg <laughs> or um, carrots. Do you think that? Um, do you think there's any Jane Austen film that would work fantastic on a big screen? I mean, it's maybe more the shared experience because I think she's got quite a big fan base in mm. in that they would quite like sort of a maybe like a Prince Charles quote along would probably go down quite well. Is, it, is, it, that, is it that quotable sort of bit? Oh, yeah. yeah. For teen- yeah. teenage girls really like it as well. Really? And there are quite quotable things and, yeah. you know, they could probably go dressed up and that kind of shared experience rather than it just being on a large screen. I think would work quite well just because like Austin fans are really big fans and they do really love the um, the adaptations as well when they're done well. And it depends on how much you enjoy the experience of going to cinema, which I personally, I do enjoy. I still love going, getting the popcorn and, you know, um, or non-crackly foods to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, I, you know, I don't think you need, to necessarily if to to get to draw the richness because it's all set in drawing rooms and um there's no sort of chase scenes <laughs> carriage chase scenes or something like that um so well, it, Federica does run off a couple of times quite oh, she does but it's all off comically. screen isn't it oh she runs away from from Tom Bennett's character <laughs> <laughs> yeah she does um but yeah so I, I think wait am I supposed to be giving a score now or have I no no which, okay. I was just asking <laughs> I was just wondering if generally because I don't think I think if I was in Jane Austen, I think I'd prefer to have the miniseries where I'm sure there's more kind of depth yeah. you can, there's more you can space for... build out of it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the case for a lot of... Because TV is so good now, when you can expand the story a bit and let things breathe, I prefer that now with book adaptations, I think, mm-hmm. rather than you've got to get everything in two hours. Yeah, exactly. And Or they stretch three films out of one book. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which they wouldn't. I don't think they'd ever do that with a Jane Austen, though. They'll just make it long and cut out bits, which they felt were boring. Hmm. Or maybe they will do Pride and Prejudice, Pride Part One. Well, we're Prejudice actually Part Two. <laughs> we're actually investigating that in season two. The process of having making a, a book into a film because mm. it's much more difficult than than one would have thought. Mm. And I'd speak to Andy Patterson, who's a film producer, who did The Girl with the Pearl Earring and The Railway Man and things like that. So, um, I thought it was easy. I thought that was the you know, British. You've got the film story there. It's all written down. Just chop it up. I mean, exactly. Pages. Yeah. Go to some stately home, run around in the, you know, put some costumes on. But it seems as though it is actually really expensive to make period drama. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Even like the 80s is period. There's like some parts of right. London where you can you can only film in there because they still have the lampposts. Right. And mm. it's just like, yeah, those you, are the you, places you can you go. You need like a national trust card to be able to get into all the properties and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for the yeah for the Jane Austen period stuff, it's, it's kind of insane. But that's, I think, what's uniquely... It's such a uniquely British thing and such a uniquely British film pleasure because I feel that British filmmakers do it the best, this sort of period drama, a lot of times. And, um, you know, so I, I, I just think it's one of those things where it should be easy, but it's not. <laughs> it isn't. Well, we've got the castles and stuff for haven't we <laughs> mostly yes <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all having to like sell sell themselves off to film companies because they can't afford to keep them going they're all dilapidated and running to ruin <laughs> um i'm gonna go for a small screen score of i'm gonna go for five as well i yeah no need to see this in this i was glad uh that it came on netflix and i hadn't gone to cinema to watch it and i enjoyed it at home hmm. engagement score ruby I'm going to give it 
a 3.8. Yeah. Were you looking at your phone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wasn't looking at my phone, but I did have some other things on my mind, and I didn't feel like it was quite as riveting as it could be. So, I mean, above average for sure, but, you know. Sarah? Um, yeah, again, I'm probably going to get, <laughs> I'm going to be the high scoring don't, one. Don't apologize. It's, it's good. It's, it's nice to give things you like high scores and tell people about them. In that case, 4.7. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you just really enjoy watching films generally? Uh, I mean, these are two films which I sort of had a hand in choosing, helping, and I might have influenced Ruby a little bit <laughs> in, in her pick of this movie. Um, so, you know, there is that. If we picked something that I wouldn't, like Fight Club would not be for me. Oh my it's gosh, just not my you just haven't been converted yet. Yeah. No, really. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Helen, engagement score. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is, it's 99 minutes. God, it feels so much longer. Do you think that? Yeah. Okay. I sat there going, oh my God, it's still going. <laughs> like, just get married. And I was like, it's really only been on for an hour and a half. I feel like I've been here for weeks. Um, so that's not a good sign. Um, and I was um, doing a little bit of IMDBing and I may have played some Candy Crush during it as well. <laughs> Crushing Sorry. Candy whilst watching Love and, Love and Friendship. So what does that mean for you? Um, give it a three. Um, I think the first time I was watched it, I was more engaged. The second time... I guess I was waiting for the key bits mm. with Tom Bennett talking about peas, asking what they were called. That was funny. Yeah. Um, so I think including compounding both times I've seen it, I'm going to give it 2.5. Okay. All right. That's not very high. So the first time you watched it, you weren't that much engaged. No, well, the first time I watched it, I was like, I was really enjoying it. Okay. The second time I was, I was knew what was going to happen. I mean, so. I, right. I'm quite impressed that when, when did you watch it the first time? Uh, it was like a year ago. Oh, okay. So it was quite a while ago. You couldn't have like, Sort of gone. Oh, I've not seen it before in a reasonable amount of time. No, I, don't need I, would, to watch I, would, it. I forgot things like the letter, for example, mm. with the Reginald DeCourse and his wife, which I think is still very, very well played out. Yeah, lovely yeah. scene. Mm. Uh, so we have an overall score of three point eight two, which is decent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that good? good? That seems yeah, low definitely. to me. No, um, it, I mean a high score is four point seven, but anything over three is is generally high. Because, yeah, I mean wow. it's it's not that far away from a four. Yeah. I think we really do represent everyone in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that bombshell. No. Um, no one commented on Twitter about oh, no. this, which is probably an indication of how few people have seen it. Or maybe the audience for this film might not necessarily be the kind of audience that uses Twitter. I think that's true. You might be looking at a slightly older, older female. I don't know. I mean, it was in the cinemas for maybe a week. Yeah, it wasn't, again. it didn't again, have a wide release. No. And, yeah. and also, Love and Friendship is just not that distinctive a name that I think mm, it's nice, people grab it on, on they wouldn't, I don't think people would see it on Twitter and think I need to talk about that compared but to like this, I reckon the silver screen viewings of it would have been pretty rammed. Yeah. Retired people love yeah. a bit of Austin. A lot yeah. of time, freelancers. I think uh, I think they should have done more <laughs> promotion of it because that's again I I thought yeah, that I, I thought these kind of things were wildly popular like catnip for Austinites and people like that you know so mm. maybe I mean maybe it was something that you know the title it, it gives off 
kind of like a Ashton Kutcher rom-com or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really, and the title is really bad. And because it's, mm, even if they record it Lady Susan, then Austin fans would be like, oh, it's Lady Susan, yeah. not... Oh, this story sounds a lot like the Austin story. This. Oh, but it is that. But mm. why haven't they called it yeah. that? Yeah. Kate Beckinsale doesn't she normally kill vampires? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe the casting wasn't you think the, <laughs> quite as strong. The silver as, screeners will know Kate Beckinsale kills vampires as well. No, I reckon that was not a silver screen choice. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I think Pearl maybe Harbor. the the title and I don't know. I mean, lack of, I, lack of marketing. I mean, it got it got like four out of five in the Guardian. They reviewed yeah. it highly. Um, mm. It did get a lot of really good. I think like Empire gave it five yeah. stars. I think a lot of people rated it highly. So just no one went to see it. Yeah. Well, it's now on Netflix, so you can all go and see now's it. Now's a chance. That's Absolutely. it. Do it. Okay, guys. <laughs> thanks a lot for spending time with us. It was a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. Good. It's been lovely Good. to have you, very. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, of course. Tell us where we can find you online, the Twitters. Okay, um, so you can find Fablegazes, one word, .wordpress.com. That's our podcast company. And on there you'll find out all the information you need to know about the Sugar Baby Confessionals. We are at Fable underscore Gazes if you want to tweet us, which we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and Or you can tweet me. I'm at Sarah Mae Tucson. Sarah with no H. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and Ruby is anonymous. <laughs> Please yeah, don't, don't contact don't, her. Don't try to find me. That's fine. And don't forget season two, Hair Today, yeah. will for, be coming out. For people who love Regency romance. Exactly. Uh, it covers the work and the mystery of why her books have been ad- adapted into film of Georgette Hare, who is a, known as the Regency romance queen. And she was hi- heavily influenced by Austen. Um, so do check that out. It'll be next year, though, because I'm we're still doing sugar babies. We're in the thick of the sugar baby confessionals. So you're talking so. 2019. I'm talking 2019. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. We'll look forward to it. Cool. Okay. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flixwatcherpod and on our website, flixwatcher.tv. 